0: Hey, 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 welcome Bills Mafia to another edition of Bills or Bust podcast. I'm Tom Murphy, and today we have our fourth installment of Buffalo Bills history. A lot of promise preceded the 1986 season as Jim Kelly took over the reins as quarterback starting week one. However, growing pains were still abound. The Bills fired head coach Hank Bullock after week nine of the 1986 season, Offensive tackle Will Wolford alleged years later the Bills intentionally lost week nine to Tampa Bay in the hopes of getting Bullock fired, but this has been confirmed by no one else. Bullock was replaced by none other than the man, the legend, Marv Levy, co-college alum and former Chiefs coach. The same week Marv was hired, Bill signed Oilers wide receiver Steve Tasker, who would go on to revolutionize the special team's position. The Bills would go 4-12 in 1986. However, the Bills were more competitive than the past two seasons, and Kelly and company had given the Bills new hope the franchise had not seen in some time. The 1987 draft would not only give rising superstar defensive end Bruce Smith help on defense, it would add key pieces for one of the most legendary defenses in Bills history. On their own in the first round, the Bills would take Shane Conlin, linebacker from Penn State at 7, and defensive back Nate Odoms from Wisconsin at 29. Mid-season, Bills would add 1987 second overall pick linebacker Cornelius Bennett from the Colts as part of a three-team trade that would send running back Greg Bell and draft picks to the Rams and future Hall of Fame running back Eric Dickerson to the Colts. A player strike would cut one game from the 1987 season and the Bills would slightly improve to seven and eight from the previous year and Conlon would go on to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. The loss of Greg Bell left the Bills vulnerable at running back. That hole was quickly filled, and then some, when the Bills drafted future Hall of Fame running back Thurman Thomas in the second round in 1988. Thurman would be one of the final pieces of the puzzle of the Bills team that would start to dominate the AFC and NFL for the next few years. The Bills would not lose one game at home in 1988, finishing the regular season 12-4 and and winning the first of four divisional crowns. Thurman Thomas would shine immediately, running for 881 yards on only 204 carries, and make himself a presence in the receiving game. The defense would give up the fewest yards in the league, giving them the well-earned moniker, the Blizzard defense. Bills would defeat the Houston Oilers 17-10 in the divisional round. It would be the first playoff game in Rich Stadium, and certainly not the last. Bills, however, would fall to the Bengals 21-10 in Cincinnati in the Bills' first ever AFC Championship appearance. Marv Levy won the 1988 Coach of the Year. Despite massive hype entering 1989, inner turmoil would put a damper on the season. Wide receiver Chris Burkett would be released shortly after arguing with Kelly on the sidelines during a Monday night loss to Denver. After getting injured in a loss versus the Colts, Kelly would publicly lambast his offensive line, particularly Pro Bowl tackle Howard Ballard. Assistant coaches Tom Bresnaham and Nick Nicolau would get in a fistfight while reviewing game film midseason. When asked by a Rochester TV show what position the Bills could upgrade at, Thurman Thomas said, quarterback. The infighting would earn the Bills the nickname, the Bickering Bills, It didn't prevent the Bills from finishing 9-7 and and winning a 2nd straight AFC East crown. The Bills would travel to Cleveland to play the Browns in the divisional round. The game would be a shootout with a chance for the Bills late in the game to make their 2nd straight AFC Championship appearance. The Bills would introduce their famous no-huddle offense in the game. However, running back Ronnie Harmon would drop a surefire touchdown in the end zone on 3rd down. Kelly would follow that play by throwing an interception to Browns linebacker Clay Matthews with time running out for Cleveland to secure the win 34 to 30. Kelly would finish the game with his playoff career high 405 yards in the loss. With the bickering behind them, the Bills were prepared to take the 90s by storm. The 1990 Bills would be an absolute buzzsaw leading the league in points and point differential. With the no huddle offense perfected, Kelly would lead the league in passer rating. Bruce Smith would run away with Defensive Player of the Year after a 19-sack season. Bills would finish the regular season 13-3 and face their division rival the Dolphins in the divisional round. In the snow, the Bills would dominate, never trailing in a 44-34 victory. Without Bo Jackson and the Bills pumped for their first ever home AFC Championship game, the Los Angeles Raiders stood no chance The Bills intercepted Jay Schroeder five times with Daryl Talley returning one of his two for a touchdown. Bills would be up at the half 41 three and finish with a 51 three victory, sending the Bills to their long awaited first ever Super Bowl appearance. The score remains the biggest blowout in conference championship history. Bills would enter Super Bowl 25 in Tampa as a seven point favorite over the New York Giants. With Phil Simms injured, Giants' backup quarterback Jeff Hostetler had the grueling task of trying to defeat this far superior Bills team. Giants' head coach Bill Parcells and defensive coordinator Bill Belichick were up to the task, however, limiting the Bills' no-huddle offense to 19 minutes of possession. In perhaps the most infamous moment in Bills' history, Scott Norwood's 47-yard would-be game-winning kick sailed wide right. Giants would upset the Bills 20-19 in Super Bowl 25 still the closest margin of victory ever in Super Bowl history. It would later be determined Frank Reich aligned the laces to the right, causing the ball to sail, and Norwood would forever go down as the scapegoat for the loss. But in true Bill's fan fashion, he was received with forgiveness at the Bill's Welcome Home Rally outside Buffalo City Hall the following week. 1991 would be known as the Year of Thurman, He'd lead the league in rushing and finish with over 2,000 yards from scrimmage, winning both NFL MVP and Offensive Player of the Year. Bills would lead the league with an astounding 6,525 yards and finish second to Washington in points scored. Bills would go 13-3 with their only home loss being to the Lions in a meaningless Week 17 game, their first home loss since 1989. After rummaging the Chiefs 37-14 in the divisional round, the Bills would squeak by the Broncos in the AFC Championship 10-7. The only Bills' touchdown would be an 11-yard Carlton Bailey interception return. But it would be enough to send the Bills to their second straight Super Bowl to face the ferocious 14-2 football squad from Washington. Washington would go up at the half 17-0 in Super Bowl 26 in Minneapolis and never look back. Kelly was sacked four times, intercepted four times, Thurman lost his helmet on the sidelines, and it even got worse from there, as Washington won 37-24 in a score much closer than play indicated. Highs and lows would be the story of 1992. In a week two shootout with San Francisco, the Bills would win 34-31 in the first game in NFL history without a punt. The four-year AFC East reign as champs would come to an end as the Bills finished the regular season 11 and five. They'd still make the playoffs as a wild card. Second-year safety Henry Jones would record eight interceptions on the season. With Jim Kelly out with an injury, Frank Reich would start the wild card game in Rich Stadium versus the Houston Oilers. An absolutely dreadful start would put the Bills in a 35 to three hole early in the third quarter. Fans filed out of the stadium as Thurman also went out in the game with an injury. The fans would try and climb the walls back into Rich as Reich and company scored five straight touchdowns to send the game to overtime. In overtime, Nate Odoms intercepted a Warren Moon pass to set up Steve Christie's game-winning kick. The Bills won 41-38. It would be the largest comeback in NFL history until December 2022. Reich would also start the next round in Pittsburgh to defeat the Steelers 24-3, setting up the Bills' third straight AFC Championship appearance in Miami. Kelly would return to Clobber, Miami in their home, 29-10. The Bills would travel to Pasadena, California to face the heavily favored Dallas Cowboys in Super Bowl 27. It's rumored the Bills treated their trip to California like spring break. While Dallas was solely focused on the task at hand, denying Buffalo a Super Bowl victory in their third straight trip. Cowboy stars Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, and Michael Irvin did everything to fortify that rumor, as the Cowboys annihilated the Bills 52-17. The Bills committed a repulsive Super Bowl record nine turnovers in the blowout. This game would be most notable for the one great play by the Bills, however, where receiver Don Beebe would chase down cocky Cowboy lineman Leon Lett on a fumble recovery, for what should have been a sure touchdown. BB knocked the ball out of Lett's hands as he showboated short of the goal line where Lett fumbled the ball out of bounds to the end zone for a touchback. By 1993, most football fans outside of Buffalo were sick of seeing Buffalo in the Super Bowl. The Bills provided no panacea for these salty fans as they finished 12 and four, beating the Raiders and Chiefs in the AFC playoffs to reach an unprecedented fourth Super Bowl in a row. The Bills went south to Atlanta to face the Cowboys in Super Bowl 28, still the only time two teams have faced each other in consecutive years in the Super Bowl. The Bills took a 13-6 lead into halftime, and Bills thought for a moment their Super Bowl nightmare was over. Cowboy defensive back James Washington quickly soured that hope, returning a Thurman Thomas fumble for a touchdown in the first minute of the second half. The Bills would go scoreless in the second half, as the Cowboys won Super Bowl XXVIII, 30-13. Bruce Smith won his second Defensive Player of the Year in 1993. A fifth straight Super Bowl would not be had in 1994, as the Bills, despite having the same roster intact, failed to dominate the regular season, as in years past. With a shot to still make the playoffs in Week 16, second-year Patriots phenom quarterback Drew Bledsoe dominated the Bills in a crushing 41-17 blowout in Rich Stadium. The Bills finished 7-9, missing the playoffs for the first time since 1987. Those hoping for the Bills' complete demise were extremely disappointed in 1995. The Bills signed prize-free agent, defensive end Bryce Pop from Green Bay. Assistant coach Elijah Pitts filled in three games during the season for Marv Levy as he underwent successful treatment for prostate cancer. Bryce Pop flourished in Buffalo, recording 17.5 sacks and winning Defensive Player of the Year. The Bills once again reclaimed the AFC crown, going 10-6. Miami came to Orchard Park for the first round of the playoffs, where the Bills clobbered them, led by 158 rushing yards by Thurman Thomas. The Bills would wait more than two decades for their next playoff win. The following week in Pittsburgh, with an inactive Bruce Smith, they'd get pummeled by Neil O'Donnell and the Steelers, 40-21. The Bills would make the playoffs again in 1996 as a wild card. With an undefeated playoff record in Orchard Park on the line, the Bills would host the Jacksonville Jaguars in their second season ever. The Jags and running back Natron Means would win a back-and-forth game, 30-27, ending the Bills' playoff dominance in Orchard Park. It would be the last NFL game for future Hall of Famer Jim Kelly. And Bruce Smith would win his third Defensive Player of the Year. The 1997 Bills would not make Marv Levy's last season as coach a memorable one. Former second-round draft pick Todd Collins would take the reins from Kelly with none of the success. Backup quarterback Billy Joe Hobart would be released mid-season after admitting to the press he had not been studying the playbook. The Bills finished 6-10, The only highlight being a 26-point comeback versus the Colts in week four. Expectations were low heading into 1998. After Wade Phillips replaced Marv Levy as head coach, the Bills shockingly traded the ninth overall pick for little proven Jaguars backup quarterback Rob Johnson. To back up Johnson, the Bills also signed Canadian football legend Doug Flutie. After a 1-3 start with Johnson, Flutie took over the offense, and the Bills started playing with the same gusto as in the early 90s. Bills finished the regular season 10-6, including a last-second win versus Jacksonville, where Flutie ran in the winning touchdown on a busted play. Flutie would win Comeback Player of the Year and remains the last Bill to win a major season-ending award. In the wildcard game in Miami, Eric Moulds would break the receiving yard record in a playoff game with 240 yards, including a 68-yard catch to start the game where he fumbled at the end of the play. It was just that type of game for Buffalo. Andre Reed would be called for a personal foul on what looked like a sure touchdown. Bills lost to Miami 24-17. The Bills continued their improbable success with Flutie in 1999. They'd finish 11-5, second in the AFC East behind the Colts and soon-to-be legend Peyton Manning. Bills only allowed 209 points on defense. In Week 17, Rob Johnson, in a meaningless game for Buffalo, led them to a surprise 31-6 win over Indianapolis. This led Wade Phillips to be pressured by General Manager John Butler and owner Ralph Wilson to start Rob Johnson over Doug Flutie in the wildcard game in Nashville versus the Tennessee Titans against pretty much everyone's wishes. Johnson struggled mightily, but the defense was stout versus Tennessee. Steve Christie put the Bills up 16-15 with 16 seconds left in the game. The ensuing kickoff still haunts the city of Buffalo to this day. Lorenzo Neal of the Titans fielded the kickoff, pitched it back to Frank Wycheck, who threw it across the field to Kevin Dyson, who returned it 75 yards for the touchdown. While the Bills fan base refers to it as the forward lateral, the rest of the world calls it the Music City Miracle. And I'm sorry, Bills Mafia, even this biased Bills fan has to agree that it was a legal play. 1999 would be the last year in Buffalo for future Hall of Famers, Bruce Smith, Thurman Thomas, and Andre Reed. Bruce and Andre would sign with Washington and Thurman Thomas would join the most hated Miami Dolphins. Despite all the heartache, in hindsight, the late 80s and 90s would be a time for Bills fans to recall fondly. The 21st century would bring submediocrity, a myriad of forgettable quarterbacks and coaches, and forlorn to Bills fans young and old for the first 17 years of the new millennium. That is until a clever general manager, a respected coach, and a generational quarterback found their way to the Queen City of Buffalo. But that's a story for next time on the history of the Buffalo Bills. Thank you for listening to the Bills or Bust podcast. I'm Tom Murphy, and let's go Buffalo!